Come one, come all to the Big Tent, known as episode 29 of the T-Pop Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, Pirates won a series today. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night, on the last day of this cursed month of May. And uh, Pirates, Pirates won a pretty ugly game today. I was able to watch a chunk of it. And... Um, Neither squad looked very sharp, but they won, and they got two out of three from the Giants, and uh, May's over, so yay. Hooray. I have some theories about June, but we'll kind of get into that. Uh, I believe it's my turn on the couch, and I got to say, you know, we kind of kid around a lot about the, the safe space, and... Um, we've gone in on some people who have rightly deserved it, but uh, I actually kind of want to take this one semi-seriously. This is something that is legitimately bothering me, and that's the fact that I'm just exhausted by life. Uh, oh. yet yesterday on Baseball Twitter was really tough uh, because of the Dodgers kind of being wishy-washy uh, because of the court of public opinion. And they decided to uh, reinstate a group, um, which I guess has some anti-religious, anti-Catholic views to be part of their inclusion night, which was, of course, a talking point among certain subsets of our audience and pirate prospect pitching staffs, uh, that, you know, everything is just a culture war. Uh, A team can't do anything without... Now there being some grand debate about, is this good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Is is it inclusive? Is it exclusive? Well, it's exclusive to me because I have these opinions. And Look, whether you uh, lean Democratic or you have terrible views, uh, it doesn't matter because we appreciate you listening to this podcast, but it's just exhausting. I mean let's just play baseball and let's let all people enjoy baseball. Not everything has to be a debate. Not everything has to be some referendum on how things used to be, how things are, how things will be. Just play. Let people enjoy themselves. Let people be themselves. Uh, We only get one spin on this big blue marble. If we're lucky, we all get 75 years. Uh, Do you want to spend those 75 years being a complete asshole? Uh, I choose not to be, for the most part, um, and at least as it re- re- pertains to people's viewpoints, whether it's something I agree with or not. And Steve, I'm just tired. I hear you, Kevin. Thank you. So, all right, let's talk baseball and April. I mean, everything was clicking. There's four basic parts of baseball. There's hitting, there's pitching, there's defense, and, you know, there's base running. Uh, The Pirates excelled. Not just were good, but they were excelling at all four of those things. Um, They were on pace for some crazy stolen base numbers in the month of April. Uh, To the point that we were going to talk about it, we had to cut it out of a pod just for time constraints, and now it's kind of like a passe topic almost. Because in the month of May, 
everything has been terrible in all four facets of this game. And my opinion, Steve, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, is that statistically speaking, uh, what they did in April was not expected. And statistically speaking, what happened in May was not expected. So I believe that June is going to be somewhere in the middle and we're going to have a very mediocre, boring month of 500 baseball. Yeah, I can't argue with you on that. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, I don't mean, I, I mean, I don't think that every aspect was necessarily terrible in May. You know, I, I mean, I think there was some some blips here and there. I mean, pretty much everything on the offensive side was mm-hmm. bad. There was definitely some nice stretches of hitting, or I mean, pitching. Uh, I mean, and Mitch Keller really had a great month, uh, despite not having any saves. Um, you know, uh, David Bednar had a very, very good month, as did Dari Moretta. Um, so, I mean, it's, so there were some bright spots. I mean, so not everything was terrible, but, oh, of course, but, uh, I agree yes. with you. I mean, I yes. think that, you know, you know, they say that the classical adage about judging a baseball team or is, is you got to wait until Memorial day before you have a picture and Memorial day, they were about a 500 team. And I'm kind of thinking that that's where they are. I, I still think that this team is better than the one that I ex- or the one I expected it to be at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I, I still think that. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I mean, I, I think that we're going to see. You know, I, I, they got a rough spot out of uh, you know f- out of the way, and, and I think that we're going to see them play about even ball the rest of the way. This is also the toughest month as far as the schedule goes. I mean, they've they've now got. Uh, four out of the five teams in the AL East uh, out of the way. And that is looking like the most dominant division in baseball by a good margin. I think kind of they're, they're, they're like, they should just like let that division decide who the world series is. I don't think anybody else even deserves to be in the conversation at this point, save for maybe the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And after the, Braves, all the stir- after all the Sturm and Drang, of May. And it was it was really rough. It was a tough slog this month. The Pirates are still a wild card team. Yeah, tied right now with the Mets. I don't know where the tiebreaker yep. would go, but yes, they are tied currently with the Mets. I think it's how much your owner is worth. Oh shit. I think that's yeah. I think that's the tiebreaker. I haven't looked it up in a while. Well, we've got all the um, uh, he's got all that newspaper money, so I don't know. He's got, he's got his newspaper billions, so maybe, I don't know. So, you know, I, I kind of beat this drum a lot in the early episodes of our podcast. Um, I told it to everybody that would listen or, you know, not even listen to me as I would pass them by on the street, that the Pirates were going to hang around the playoffs longer than what people thought. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I thought they were going to have 78 wins. They... We we both thought that was going to be ridiculous after April, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But I said that they're going to hang around longer than what people thought this year. Um, I didn't really necessarily put a number on that, but I kind of felt like they would be in the mix until about mid-July. Uh, but ultimately, I didn't think this was a playoff team. So April was a real change of expectations for me, and I had to sort of recalibrate even though in the back of my mind something was just ringing a bell saying are you really sure are you really sure is this 
does this jive? And, you know, you, you held out even longer than I did, but eventually you kind of came around to, hey, let's, let's talk about 90, 90 wins this year. Um, I, I just, you know, what are your thoughts on how to recalibrate expectations as the season goes along? Yeah, like I said, I think the reality of it is, is we made the mistake by not waiting until Memorial Day. You know, I mean, hundred percent. April is a cardinal sin. A- April Maybe is a, a a very much a you know it, the numbers looked very true in April, and I think that's the main reason why I deviated. Like they they were they were solid. You know, um, the the Pirates collapses um, from their last window, like beginning of their last window of contention. Those were not great teams. When you actually go back and look at them, they were pretty awful. Like somehow, you know, in playoff contention in August with or or you know ten plus games over with a five run dif- you know plus five run differential. Like doesn't make any sense. Um, everything every, data wise, everything pointed to this is actually a good team and this is actually for real. Um, and I think data wise may actually might have pointed to them getting a little unlucky. You know, I mean, all the offensive numbers dropped. The stack cast stuff didn't drop by nearly as much, you know, so don't get me wrong. Did they come back down to earth a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And did they strike out way too much? Yes, they absolutely did. But they, um, they got a little unlucky in May too. So, I mean, I'm not really dialing back any of my expectations all that much. I think this team's going to finish over 500, you know, maybe not quite, um, you know, I I mean, you know, maybe 83-ish wins now. I think I was saying 86 the last time, but I'm not, I'm not going to dial back and, you know, to my preseason predictions or anything like that. I think this is going to, yeah, like you said, I think we're going to even out and see level baseball for a little while. And I wouldn't be shocked if this team goes on another hot streak when they actually get healthy. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what does that, what does that mean? Because some of the guys that we are hoping to see some health out of aren't coming back anytime soon, you know, like your, your O'Neill cruises. Your, oh, sure. Sure. Um, I, I think Vince Velasquez sadly is, is going to be cooked. You know, we, we kind of maybe called that a little too early that he was going to be a going under the knife type of candidate. He came back, mm-hmm. and now it looks like, uh, sadly, he's going to have some issues moving forward here. Um, I don't know. I just I, I kind of think that the improvement needs to come from within, both guys getting internally better, sure. but also maybe bringing in one or two reinforcements from the minors, you know? Sure, yeah, and you're right. The pitching staff is not going to get internally healthier unless we're going to be surprised again to see Velasquez sooner than expected. But yeah, you're right. O'Neill Cruz, I mean, but I mean that's that's still going to be a huge plus when he gets healthy in in July or you know, end of July, early August or whatever it oh, is. Yeah. It sounds like yeah, he's yeah, making yeah. great progress at this point. So that like I said, that's that's the main thing that I'm talking about. He's going to be a huge boost. I th- I think I think Choi is going to be really helpful too. Um I, I mean, I know he hasn't, he didn't get off to the greatest start, but uh, that being said, he'll be a nice bit of depth and some additional power uh, on the bench, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and give some guys a little bit of a breather. I mean, at this point, I mean, even Santana, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be back in the short term, but, you know, he's certainly missed um, in the sense that we're definitely extending Connor Joe against right handed pitching, which is something they've been really 
trying not to do um, since sort of the peak of of the desperately bad, um, you know, uh, May baseball. You know, they've been trying to limit his his plate appearances against right-handed starters. So, I mean, you know, with with him out of the lineup, they can't do that at all. You know, so um, so yeah, there there's some guys that I think short term. You know, are going to make make the team better. Uh, I mean, you know, or before the end of the season, I guess I should say, um, yeah, they're going to make some people better. I mean, Troy's obviously out for a while. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, I would I agree with you though too that internally they're going to have to get better. If the pitching staff is going to be successful, Ronzi's going to have to get better. Um, uh, of you. you know, Ortiz is going to have to get mature quickly, you know, um, yeah. and, and, and he's one of the guys that certainly reinforced us from Indianapolis already. And, and I mean, we can talk a little bit more about who else is coming up here, but, uh, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a pitcher. I mean, Quinn Priester has been up and down, uh, unless one of these guys that's looking like they're starting to break out a little bit in Altoona, uh, sort of jumps over. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know where the next reinforcements are going to be for the pitching staff, but yeah. So that's a good segue um, into our next topic here. We're getting ready to turn the calendar on to June tomorrow. Uh, we've already had because of the early start uh, in March. We're coming up on two months past in the season, and typically uh, that is when the Super Two line starts to come into play. Uh, Super 2 line, for those of you who are super familiar with it, is basically when a guy, if he has more than roughly 125 to 130 days of service in a year, uh, can qualify for four kicks at the arbitration can instead of three after he completes his second full season. Um, so we're, we're very close, if not already past that theoretical line. Uh, no Pirate fan should really necessarily care about that because that is a financial problem. And this team is chronically underspending money, as we have covered many, 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 many times. But it's a thing, as a Pirate fan. So Steve, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Who's coming up? now that Super 2 is slowly becoming a thing of the past? Absolutely no one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Not very exciting, but at the same time, I don't, you know, we we, we, we pile on the pirates like, you know, that like, you know, I mean, that they, they're, they're being cheap, they're being cheap, they're being cheap. Like this year, I actually think that I don't think the stars are really aligning. I think you could have made the argument for Henry Davis about two or three weeks ago as being a primo candidate to skip over Indianapolis entirely and come up. Um, I'm going to make that argument about. Yeah, I'm going to make that argument about two or three minutes from now. But I'll I'll let you have the floor here. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. I don't. I I just. um, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Like I said, he's in a little bit of a funk lately. Um, You know, so I I don't think he's a, a great candidate. Uh, the person that I think is probably going to come up first is actually going to be Andy Rodriguez. And uh, the reason that I'm going to say Andy is because when O'Neill Cruz finally got called up last year, he was not putting up the best numbers in AAA. And as soon as he started to turn the corner and get a little bit hot, he, you know, the Pirates had him up, you know, pretty quickly uh, after that. Uh, and it's starting to look like Andy might be 
turning the corner and getting a little bit hot. You know, you had a four-hit game the other day on, on Memorial Day. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I don't think their game is over just yet, but I know he's had a triple and a couple of really hard-hit balls already tonight that went for outs. Um, you know, so he might be starting to turn things around. Um, and when he does, if he starts giving any glimmer of, you know, uh, of, of moving that OPS, he, I don't even think he's going to break an 800 OPS before the Pirates are going to bring him up. But I think he's probably in the next two weeks, but I don't think he's a right now candidate. But I think he's getting very, very close. So, uh, got to disagree with you, my longtime baseball friend. Uh, Henry Davis should be up here. He should have been up here a couple weeks ago. But, you know, reasons. Um, the Pirates need a boost offensively. We've, we've kind of covered that already. I have lived through many Ryan Domit uh, starts behind the plate. There is absolutely no way you can convince me that Henry Davis is worse defensively than Ryan Domit was. Now, okay, we live in an era where defense and pitch framing is far more important than it was during mm-hmm. Domit's time. Fine, I get that. Right field, part-time first base, uh, especially with Carlos Santana having some back issues. Um, just inject that bat into this lineup, and let's see what happens. Uh, is he going to struggle? Sure. Could he take fire and just give this team a jolt for a couple weeks? Yeah, maybe he can do that too. Um, he's a one-one overall pick. He's, as you said, you know, a little bit of a slump lately, but he was absolutely tearing up double A. Sure. Uh, and, and I don't think he needs the finishing school of Triple A Indianapolis. Jackson Winsky, I don't believe, has ever batted in uh, Indianapolis for the Pirates. He so, did. He went back down. Last season, I oh, think just for, they, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's they, right. They, they optioned him, but no. The point yes. I agree with you though. Your point absolutely stands though. I I think that Henry Davis does not need to go to Indianapolis, and I think that he will skip over it entirely. I'm just kind of thinking they're going to give him a little bit more time down there. I mean, yeah. maybe it's going to be a race. Maybe whoever catches fire next is going to be the one that gets called up first. Like if he all of a sudden, if Henry Davis goes out and jacks like three home runs. You know, uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, I mean, or evening, I can't remember what time of the day they're playing. But if he um, if he goes out and has a, a just a sick game or two, uh, I could definitely see him jumping ahead. It might, it might just be a race to catch, catching fire. Um, as far as other people to, like, come up and sort of stay up, uh, I don't think anybody's quite there yet. I, I mean, yeah. I think we can agree that it's probably isolated to those two that are possibly going to get there. You know, Nick Gonzalez hit another home run today, but he also struck out twice. He did walk um, once as well, uh, you know, but he's not, you know, he's got to sustainably, and, and, and the, the the strikeouts are getting better, but he needs to sustainably keep them lower uh, before he's going to be able to do anything and actually help the Major League Club in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they've got, they got a good mix there at, at second base at this point anyway, you know? So, um, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Malcolm Nunez looked like he was a guy that could potentially come up. Uh, he was getting hot as well. 
Um, he, he seems like a guy that could have come up and, and spelled first base, but he got hurt. Um, yeah. Jared Triolo, people are talking about him at shortstop all of a sudden. Like, that's going to be a smart move, even as the backup. Um, you know, but, you know, but again, he's not a guy that I think was ever going to be limited by Super 2 anyway. Like, right. exactly. if, if they needed him, they were going to be happy to bring him up anyway. So, and, you know, you know, maybe he'll surprise me, but, I mean, he's, you know, he's he's not exactly lighting the world on fire in Indy at this point anyway. Yeah. No, I, I think everyone, aside from our two catching friends, I think everyone legitimately has things that they need to work on. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm fine with that. So, uh, you know, long-term plans, talking about Nick Gonzalez. One of the reasons that maybe Nick Gonzalez is going to get a little bit more time on the farm is uh, one Tucapita Marcano. And... For a while, uh, I think we were all kind of satisfied with the Adam Frazier trade being Jack Swinsky, uh, and then anything else was going to be a nice bonus. Marcano came up last year. He impressed at times, but overall did not have a very good year. But he looks like a completely different player, and this is also a good time to mention that he is, correct me if I'm wrong, 23 years old. Yeah. Um, so he's still very young in the grand scheme of things. And just want to get your thoughts on Tucapino Marcano in the present on May 31st and what you think uh, his future may hold for the Pirates. Yeah, he was one of those guys that was kind of looking like an odd man out type, that he was just not going to quite be good enough. Um, But, you know, the power numbers have really come around. He's hitting the ball really, really hard. He's been aggressive. Um, he's been playing pretty decent defense at shortstop. Uh, obviously, when O'Neill Cruz comes back, uh, it's game over for him at that position. You know, uh, I mean, especially given the fact that he's, you know, not a switch hitter. You know, it's same-handedness. There's not even any room for him against lefties or tough lefties. You know, well, I, I do well, what think about, he's... Oh, go ahead. What about this? What if they ease Cruz back as a DH? Oh, if, yeah, that could be, that could make a lot of sense. Honestly, if, like... If Marcano is still hitting well, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if if, if that's the case, then that could actually get, um, that could get Cruz back in the lineup even sooner, I would imagine. You know, mm-hmm. um, if they're going to let, just settle for him to be DH and then let him work his way back on defensively. I mean, it, you know, one Andrew McCutcheon may have something to say about that, but... Um, yeah. Yep. You know, but I agree with you. I mean, I think that could be a really good. Um, I think it could be a really good play to get him some, some, some earlier at bats while he's still recovering. Uh, it, it, like you said, if if Tukapita's doing well, but I mean, at, at this point, he's forcing his way into a conversation. Like, if he continues to play the way that he's playing right now, then you know the Pirates are going to have to find a home for him. Yeah, uh, and there's no shame. If that home is uh, super utility. Yeah, oh, for know. sure. I agree with that 100% because he can play a lot of the outfield positions. I think his natural, his most natural position is second base, and I think that he could spend a good amount of time there. But, um, I mean, it's possible that he's kind of evolving into like a Josh Harrison type exactly. um, where he's going to be really good and he's just going to be able to hop around the diamond, you know, and, and go where he's needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely a guy to kind of keep 
keep an eye on, you know, not to get too caught up in in this this past month for him. You know, we'll see where the the dust settles, but um, sure, he's not the kind of guy that they're saying, okay, we got second base locked down for the next ten years. You yeah. know, I mean, if if someone comes along and pushes him out, then they push him out. But by the same token, he might be pushing out some other players who were kind of battling for that uh, super utility type of spot himself, you know? So, Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, he's going to find his way into the lineup somewhere against right-handed pitching. Um, And when you look at the season numbers, I mean, like they look pretty legit. I mean, 207 ISO, you know, I I mean, this is actually, excuse me, let me look at uh, based on today's after the at bat. So 204 ISO, I mean, his BABIP is, 289 like that's that probably signals that there's some room for improvement there um you know and and he's not striking out a ton I mean I know he struck out this afternoon not walking a lot either you know again he's coming up there swinging um but I mean he's putting balls in play and my goodness nobody else has uh been consistent with doing that this past month so yeah Yeah. I appreciate where he's at you know looking forward to uh, he's a good problem to have I guess so this is probably a good time to talk about uh, how we usually end each show, and that's with our three stars of the week. Um, do you want to lead us off this week? Yeah. All right. So um, I'm going with uh, my third pick is going to – I'm going to the minors on this one, uh, and that's Anthony Solomedo. He's been uh, just absolutely killing it the last uh, – since since the last time we recorded – uh, 12 innings, 12 shutout innings, 11 strikeouts, three walks. Um, you know, really, you, you can't say enough about, I think, six total hits. Uh, I mean, you know, some of that's obviously a little bit of Babbitt luck, luck, but, I mean, he's um, got a chance to watch a good bit of his start today, uh, and he was, uh, he, he looked really, really good. Um, really good command, uh, really good location on all of his pitches, uh, no, no, um, no radar gun. So I didn't get a, I wasn't privy to how fast the ball was coming in there, but you know, with his weird, uh, with his weird delivery, if he's sitting 93, 94, um, that's going to be, uh, he, he's going to be a real, uh, tough out or, you know, t- real tough pitcher to handle for, um, any, uh, any left-handed bats in particular. But, um, so I'm going to go with him as my number three. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, I'm going to kind of quasi-cheat here a little bit, and I'm going to give it to a collective of five bullpen guys. Uh, in the past week, Bednar, Moretta, Jose Hernandez, Colin Holderman, and Johan Ramirez have combined for 16 uh, and a third shutout innings, um, really kind of keeping that bullpen locked down when they had the chance to do so. Uh, and I just kind of want to tip my cap to those five gentlemen for the past week. Uh, and this is also a good time maybe to talk about just what Moretta and Holderman were also up to in the month of May in general. Uh, Moretta, in, for the month of May, pitched 13 scoreless innings with a .9 FIP, ton of strikeouts. But Holderman uh, upsized him a little bit, had seven innings of his own, seven and two-thirds innings of his own. Also, zero ERA with a 0.02 
not 0 0.2, 02 FIP, uh, because he decided to strike out every living human he saw. Uh, he had 16.43 K per nine, so that's almost two strikeouts per inning. Uh, so I'm going to tip my cap to those five for the past week and just also wanted to shout out those two guys for an outstanding 20 innings of scoreless ball in the month of May. So my number two, um, it was kind of a, it was kind of a wild card. There were a bunch of hitters that had pretty good weeks coming into today's game. So I was like, I'm going to give it to whoever I have of that group. I'm going to give it to the one that had the best game today. And I'm, so I'm going with Brian Reynolds. Um, I feel like he's the star of the team, but he's somehow an unsung hero. Sometimes he's got that unsung hero feel. Am I, am I crazy to say that? Like he just does little things here and there that, that, you know, just sort of slowly and over time just kind of add up. It's never anything flashy, but you know, he, he just kind of gets the job done over time. And on a, you know, I know he had a little bit of a slump there for a while, but he's generally pretty consistent and I appreciate him for that. So I'm going with uh, I'm going with Brian Reynolds as my number two star. Yep, can't, can't overall complain about that. Um, so my number two is the gentleman we talked about last segment. That's Tuca Peter Marcano. Uh, in the past week, he had a 179 weighted runs created above average. Uh, his slash line was 333, also 333 because he didn't walk, with a 722 slugging. Um, so he had a really, really solid week. So that's my number two. Yeah, that's two weeks in a row for him making one of our lists, if I recall yep. correctly. So, I, uh, and right. once again, once again, we have uh, um, we have a a, a tie um, for uh, for both of us have the same uh, number one star, but that that's going to be Jack Sawinski this week. Um, for me, it's the four home runs. Um, you know, he's, the strikeout numbers are piling up a little bit, but he's, uh, he's just had a really good week. And, and, and I think this is just what he's going to be is he's going to be awesome for two weeks and then kind of disappear for a little bit and then get his act together. Um, if he develops any kind of consistency though, I mean, he's going to be a, just an absolute stud, get, drop the K rate a little bit, develop some consistency and, and he's just going to be a really really very, very good player. There's there's no way around it. When was the last time you saw a guy who had a 218 weighted runs created in a week w coupled with a 43.5% strikeout rate? Yeah, it's not... It's not a good... I mean, it's it's a fine combination. Like, if... <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't really... If it's, if it's 218, I don't give a crap how you get there. I mean, I just know that's not sustainable, though. But, I, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it it's a good week. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, you know... But, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but... Um, I mean, Adam Dunn is looking at this week like, bro, you got to slow it down yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you got to... You gotta, you gotta lay off some. You gotta lay off some of those pitches. Actually, he's, I mean that's the thing. He hasn't been. It's not like he's. It's not like he's been chasing. He has been chasing a little bit more lately, but he's been getting some bad calls against him. Um, G1 Bay has been getting some bad calls against him too. I've been getting real salty on Twitter about that. But um, yeah, you know it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it, I mean it's the nature of the game until we have you know um, until we until the the robot race takes over for these you know deeply flawed humans um we're gonna have to deal with it but 
Uh, Swinsky does not get I, he he just he doesn't seem to get calls, and I think that's a huge part of his uh, his his strikeout rate. He and he and G one Bay man, they have the biggest strike zones in baseball. Or maybe I'm just a fan and 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 get angry about those sorts of things very easily. Well, there there was a call today. Uh, like it, was it still Keller? No, no, uh, maybe it was Zess. Yeah, it was uh, Rob Scrabble. He he threw a ball that was no lie a foot outside the strike zone. Oh, and it yeah. was called it was called a strike. That, that was against uh, that was against Reynolds, right? No, no, no. Uh, it was it was Zastrzynski. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Versus right. versus a giant. Um, oh, I, I was, missed that call. I missed that call. Yeah, it was it was egregious. That's <laughs> terrible. terrible. Yeah. He's got a ton of he's he's just got that incredible movement, you know, that puts <laughs> him among the elite relief pitchers in baseball. Yes. You know, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so, let's uh, let's end this thing while we still can, I guess. Yeah, while we still have some shred of sanity. Um, as always, my friend, it was great to talk with you and to talk with, have all of you listen to us. Uh, thank you very much for your continued support. I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks.